Amen, amen. I want to welcome each and every person to Must Be Kingdom International Ministries podcast network where we're going over our prophetic training. Uh, this is our eighth and last week going over the prophetic. Uh, this lesson is called Pitfalls in the Prophetic. We're going to be looking at some of the mightiest men. I'm not going to say the mightiest men, but uh, mighty men of the Bible, Elijah, uh, Jonah, uh, Peter, Paul, and as they move prophetically, being able to take a look and see pitfalls within them that they have. One of the things that we do today is individuals that may uh, be off or maybe have some issues, we tend to uh, denounce them as uh, prophetic vessels or prophetic beings. And it's not true. And we'll be able to see this in uh, this lesson. The Bible says to discern the spirit and know that it is of God. Now, it's very difficult to discern if you are dealing with rejection and and depression and and all these different essence you know you know what i mean so we'll be going over this on tonight um so buckle your uh, seat belt and get ready for the ride before you buckle your seat belt though go get your bible go get a pad and pen and um prepare yourself you know it makes no sense to be in a bible study and not having the proper tools so that you can take it tomorrow or the next day and study it for yourself to show yourself approved. The Bible says to study the word to show thyself approved. So for those that don't open the Bible on your own and study, take notes and open your Bible with the notes and study what it is that you may have received from this lesson. Amen. 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 So, amen. All right. So let's pray. Hallelujah. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we just give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise for all that you have done for us in this day and every other day. Father, you've given us the breath of life to take part in this day. And in that, we have the victory. Why? Because as we have woken to a new day, Father God, and your spirit being with in us, we have the victory over all things that may come our way. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. The Bible says, hallelujah, that there he that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. So whatever the world throws at us, he that is in us is greater than that. And for that, Father God, we give you all the glory and praise. I pray that you may prepare the hearts and minds of your people, Father God, that they may be able to receive this teaching, Father God, not just to hear it, but to apply it, to be a doer of it, Father God, that you may get all the glory, Father God, and that they may grow in the prophetic uh, ministry in which you have placed within them. In the mighty name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, Father, we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Again, we're going over the pitfalls of the prophetic. For the past eight weeks, we've been talking about the prophetic, uh, waking up the prophetic in those, uh, giving you uh, little tools and things that you can possibly do to uh, 
uh, increase uh, your ability to move in the prophetic. Uh, as we stated in the first lesson here eight weeks ago, knowing this, that you are a prophetic vessel, okay? Um, uh, 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 being a prophetic vessel is just being able to communicate, communicate with the Father, okay? It's through the prophetic that God ministers, or not ministers, excuse me, but uh, speaks to us and through us, amen, through visions, through dreams, uh, 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 through all different types of ways God speaks. Uh, we probably have grown up hearing that God has a still, small voice. Well, yeah, that is one way that he speaks, but there's many different ways that God speaks to us. And uh, from doing this teaching uh, over the past 10 years, I've uh, talked to people that have said that God has been speaking to me. I just didn't know it was God because they weren't aware of the many different ways that God speaks. And if this is your first time tuning in to this broadcast, you can go to uh, Spotify and, and type in uh, MBKI Podcast Network and listen to the other seven weeks so that you can get an understanding and maybe some tips to help you to move uh, in a uh, move up in the uh, 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 prophetic uh, uh, ministry in which God has placed within you. Amen. Amen. So again, pitfalls in the prophetic. We all fall short. We all have issues. We all are dealing with something. Amen. The world is always throwing things at us. The one of the things about the prophetic, or even just being a child of God, is you're going to be hit with arrows by the enemy. Amen. And some of these arrows could cause uh, great harm. They can cause scars. They can, I mean, you have women that have been molested. You, you have men that have been molested. You have people that have been rejected and put down. But all of this is preparation for you to move closer to God and to rely on God and to uh, activate the prophetic in you so that you can get the understanding of what way to go, what to do, and how to do through the spirit of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's look at some pitfalls. Um, uh, uh, turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 36. 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 36. Now, uh, the prophet Elijah walked in a very powerful prophetic gifting. He was a man of prayer and a man of great faith. We know this. Amen. He demonstrated uh, a demonstration of, of purpose in his calling and the willingness to put his life on the line to prove that he served the one true God. Now, all of the qualities were demonstrated as he stood alone and uh, confronted the prophets of Baal. So now we have the prophets of Baal and we have the prophet of God. And he is standing by himself to prove that he is a true prophet. Amen. All right. First Kings 18 and 36 uh, through 40 reads this. At the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, Elisha the prophet came near and said, O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, today let it be known 
that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that these people may know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have turned your heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stone and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. When all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is good. The Lord, he is good. The Lord, he is God. Then Elijah said to them, seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. So they seized them and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slew them there and slew them there. If you know the story, the prophet of Baal, he told them, he said, you go in and call on your God, and then I'm going to call on my God. So they did all the him and him and him and all this kind of stuff, and their God didn't show up. But he called on God and praised God and said, God, show yourself. And God ate up everything, sucked up the water, the dust, the, the sacrifice, the, the stones, everything. Amen. Power. He distributed the power of God. Amen. And from that, the people seen that God of Elisha was the true and living God. And then they seized the false prophets and killed them. They seized the false prophets and killed them. So if you were there, you would probably look at Elisha and say, this is a powerful man. He can speak a thing. He can talk to God and God will come down and do a work. He will wreck things. Amen. You would see him as a very powerful man of God. Amen. But Elisha had a pitfall. It would be easy to assume that the prophet with such power would have no character flaw because God answered him as he spoke. See, we assume that because God answers an individual that they have no flaws. They have no issues. They have no problems. They walk a straight line. Amen. But we see here that Elisha had a flaw. He had a pitfall. Amen. See, when Jezebel made threats to kill Elijah, he fled into the wilderness and complained to God. Now, he just called down fire from heaven, killed all the, the prophets of Baal. Amen. And now one woman threatens him and he runs and complains to God. And he became so depressed that he asked God to take his life. Does that make sense? See, he had a flaw. He had a flaw. Turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 1, and we're going to read down to verse 4. 1 Kings chapter 4, 1, and we're going to read through 4. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, y'all that are on Facebook, invite a friend. Invite a friend. Tell a friend to come in and understand 
hallelujah, that there are pitfalls in the prophetic. Every prophetic vessel has a character flaw. Amen. See, one of the things we must understand about being a leader is we must understand that we, we must be mature in character as well as in the gift. See, we, we look at the prophetic gift of prophecy and all these other gifts, but the character of that vessel must be mature because you could be an unmature vessel with a great gift, but not get the respect because of your immaturity of the character that you have. Amen. I'm going ahead of myself. We'll get there. All right. First Kings chapter, excuse me, 19, chapter 19, verse one through four. Amen. So it reads this. Now, Ahab told Jezebel that Elisha had what Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so may the God do, so may the gods do to me and even more if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And he was afraid. Now I'm, 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 I'm back up here. It says he was afraid. Now remember that word afraid or fear, because we're going to be talking about that, because that's a huge character flaw of most prophetic vessels is fear. Amen. Hallelujah. Goes on to say, and he was afraid and rose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, Judah, excuse me, and left his servants there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, it is not enough now, O Lord, take my life, for I am not better than my father's. I'm not better than my father's. So he went to God, depressed, oppressed by a messenger from Jezebel, stating that what you did by tomorrow is going to be done to you. Now, remember, he called fire down from God. He said, God, come down and, 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 and take this sacrifice to show that you are the true and living God. And he answered him. So what makes us think that if he did not say, oh, God, if you take and protect me from this wicked Jezebel woman, that God wouldn't have done it. He was afraid. And in fear, what did he do? Fight or flight? He flew. Amen. Glory be to God. Elijah descended into self-pity, self-pity, saying that he was the only prophet left. See, sometimes when you get into a negative mindset, you can't see things from the right perspective. Amen. So he's assuming because he's in this self-pity, oh my God, I'm the only prophet left. Amen. God later told him that he was not the only prophet left, but God had 7,000 prophets he had not forsaken, that had not forsaken his covenant. Amen. Amen. So 
if you if we read down here, uh, skip down with me to verse nine and ten uh, in First Kings, verse uh, chapter nineteen. It goes to say this. It says, "Then he came there to the cave and lodged there, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elisha?" He said, "I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the sons." of Israel have forsaken your covenant, your covenant. So we can learn some great things from Elisha, people. We can learn some great things from Elisha. Elisha was a mighty prophet of fire and power. We see that, amen? Yet at the very brink of prophetic ministry, he plunged into discouragement, he plunged into resentment and self-pity and persecution, as well as bitterness. At the peak, at the height of his prophetic ministry. Amen. So let's take a look at some of these. Discouragement. Discouragement is the initial stage. It happens when people do not understand or receive your prophetic ministry. It happens when people do not understand or receive the prophetic ministry. It talks about resentment. So in the result, when we allow ourselves to feed upon discouragement, when we sit in this place of discouragement, resentment begins to set in. We get discouraged. Now we continue to replay things and now we get resentful. Amen. When we when we feed upon the discouragement, we begin to elevate ourselves by continual criticism of others. So what we do when we get discouraged, we get resentful and then we start putting other people down to make ourselves look above them. Amen. And then comes self-pity and persecution. Nothing works out. Satan is always attacking me. Where is God? These are some of the things that we say to ourselves. I'm the only one speaking the truth. Other ministries just don't get it. Amen. You see, we've taken ourselves and we've put ourselves upon a pedestal like we know more. Uh, but remember... Discouragement, resentment, then comes the persecution and self-pity. Amen. And last but not least, bitterness. Bitterness. A hard and crucial spirit. Rejection is complace, uh, compensated for by controlling others. You see, resentment is compensated by controlling others. An inflated sense of self-importance. <laughs> An inflated sense of self-importance. So when we are moving uh, uh, prophetically, or we are 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 doing, we we we, we can make ourselves look like we're important when we're nothing. It's not us. It's what's in us that gives us the ability to do what it is that we do. But what we do is we forget 
that it is what was in us, but we take it upon as it is, is us. Why? Because we want to look as if we are something because we were discouraged, we're resentful, we are full of self-pity and bitterness. Amen? You see, these are the things that Elisha was dealing with, but that does not take away that he was a powerful man of God. Just like you, just like me and many others are mighty men and women of the most high God, but we have character flaws and we must uh, address or look at and allow the spirit of God to help us to deal with these flaws. Many of the things that we deal with and go through, the things that come into our lives are to help us to deal with these character flaws. But we don't see it that way. Why? Because God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. The way that God uh, 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 takes us through a particular process is not the way that we would want him to. Amen. But it is the way that he is taking us. And as we go through this, we have the ability to mature. We have the ability to grow. We have the mature, the ability to let go of a little bit of resentment and bitterness and discouragement and these things that keep us bound to a way that can uh, be a hinder. Hallelujah. To what it is that God has in store for us and our destiny. Amen. Amen. Let's take a look at Jonah. Jonah. Jonah was one of the greatest evangelists and prophets in history. Amen. One sermon, the entire city repented. One sermon, the entire city fell down and repented. Amen. Yet when the Lord spoke to him, he was not exactly obedient. You see, again, when we look at mighty men and, and women of God that 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 God is using, I mean, I mean, just oh my God, we assume that their lives are perfect, that they are perfect. But we can see here through Elisha, and as we will begin to see through Jonah, that they had character flaws just like we do. See, God does not look at the negative in us. He looks at his son and sees us through his son. So if God is in us, if his spirit is in us, he is not looking at us. He's looking at his son. Oh, so we must, hallelujah, uh, 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 not allow these things that we may be caught up I'm not going to say caught up in because many of us are caught up in a lot of things that we ain't got no business caught up in. Amen. But we have character flaws. Amen. That God wants to work out of us. He wants to mature us. A character flaw is just a place of immaturity. Amen. I have a 21 week series called measures of a man that's dealing with character building. Amen. See a leader. Hallelujah. Is a man that is mature. Amen. And to be a mature man, you must have a mature character about yourself. Amen. That's a whole nother teaching. But listen, go with me to uh, where are we going? Where are we going? Jonah chapter one. We're going to read verse one through three. One through three. Amen. Hallelujah. The Bible says this. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, arise, go to uh 
uh, Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it. With their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee to Tarish from the presence of the Lord. So when he went down to Joseph, found a ship which was going to Tarnish, paid the fare and went down into it to go to them to Tarnish from the presence of the Lord. So he ran from what it was that God had called for him to do. How many of us have ran from something that God has told us to do or asked of us to do? Sometimes he's asked us to do something we didn't even realize it was God. Amen. But it was something that we didn't want to do. Our flesh didn't want to do. So we didn't do it. Amen. But we call ourselves mighty men of God. Yes, you are a mighty man of God. You're just a disobedient mighty man of God at that moment. Just like Jonah. We all have character flaws, people. Amen. Jonah's heart was later revealed as the why he as to why he ran from the call of the Lord. Go to uh, Jonah's, Jonah chapter four, and we're going to read verse one through four. Amen. People of God, the, 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 the thing that I, I want you to get out of this is just because you have character flaws doesn't make you less of a woman or man of God that God will use mightily. Amen. Do not let the enemy get into your mind pertaining to that character flaw that you are dealing with to make you feel like you're not worthy enough to be used by God. Amen. If God has called you, nothing can change that. Nothing can change that. God called Abraham. He told Abraham he was going to be the father of many nations. It took many years for him to get to that point, but he went through many different tests to build his character. Amen. You see, wherever God wants to take you, he has to prepare you and build you and get you to a place within yourself to where you can withstand that thing in which or that place in which he wants to take you. Amen. So we must count it all joy when we go through various trials or temptations. Why? Because the testing of your faith is going to produce something. It's going to birth something. Amen. And that's patience. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of y'all don't have patience? See, that's a character flaw. Amen. But see, God says that I'm going to bring some things into your life to where if you just wait on me, wait on me, I will take care of it. Have some patience and some trust in me and I will take care of it. Listen, Jonah chapter four, verse one through four reads this. Jonah's heart was later revealed. Okay, I read that to you. I'm sorry. Looking at my notes. <laughs> but it greatly displeased Jonah as he became angry. He prayed to the Lord and said, please, Lord, was not this what I said while I was still in my own country? Therefore, in order to forestall this, I flee to Taurus, for I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness 
and one who relents concerns calamity. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for death is better to me than life. The Lord said, do you have good reason to be angry? Let me tell you something, people. We looked at with Elisha, he was fearful. We're looking here at Jonah, he was angry. Now, do you realize that when you are fearful, fear hides itself behind anger? You see, you get a lot of these individuals, they look all tough and this, that, and the third, right? They want to fight and this, but see, they they just as scared as you is, but they hide it behind this anger. Amen. They hide it behind the anger. So what Jonah was doing was Jonah was hiding his fear behind the anger. And God said, do you have good reason to be angry? No, he doesn't have any good reason to be angry. He don't have a good reason to be fearful. Amen. But this is a character flaw that Jonah was dealing with. What is your character flaw? What part of your character is God trying to get you to join him in building? Amen. See, what we do, God is working over here, but what we want to do is work over there. And usually what we want to work on ain't got nothing to do with kingdom. Amen. We're trying to work on uh, uh, getting this or doing that, or but we're not trying to build ourselves from the inside out. Amen. And that's what God is trying to get us to do is to build ourselves from the inside out so that we could be great leaders, great fathers, great mothers, great uh, community leaders. Amen. Great co-workers, great friends. Amen. Because it takes a good character, a great character to be a leader in your home, in your job, in your church and in your community. Amen. And this is something that the church is lacking. This is something that communities are lacking. This is something, it's a lack because no one is focusing on their character. Let me tell you something. In the 40s and 50s, the focus was more on character than materialism. In the new millennium, we are focused on materialism and we don't care about our character. We don't care. We will treat people how, how, however we want to treat them. We don't care about our reputation. We don't let our yeses be yeses and our noes be no. We just do what we want to do, get what we want to get. But that's not the way that God intended for it to be. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to take a look at Peter. Peter was an apostle with the prophetic gifting. Peter did nothing wrong, but was accused of being with Jesus while at the campfire after Jesus was arrested. He did nothing wrong. He was at the campfire trying to spy out and see what they were going to do to Jesus, amen? 
Turn with me to Luke chapter 22. Uh, we're going to read verse 54 down to 62. Luke 22. We're going to read verse 54 down to 62. Amen. Amen. The Bible reads this. Having arrested him, they laid him away and brought him to the house of the high priest. But Peter was following at a distance. After they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter was sitting amongst them. And the servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the firelight and looking in, uh, intently at him, said, this man was with him too. But he denied it, saying, woman, I do not know him. A little later, another saw him and said, you are the one, you are one of them. But Peter said, man, I am not. After about an hour had passed, another man begot, uh, began to insist, saying, certainly this man also was with him, for he is a Galilean too. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you are talking about immediately while he was still speaking a rooster crow the lord turned and looked at peter and peter remembered the word of the lord how he had told him before a rooster crow today you will deny me three times and he went out and wept bitterly he went out and wept bitterly now if you know the story peter had such a zeal for christ i mean he he i would die for you but when the rubber hit the road he denied it married married men if you and your wife was held at gunpoint and the gym is saying, now, which one of y'all going to be first? You going to be your wife or is it going to be you? What would you say? Now, see, right now, you probably say, I say me. I love my wife. I'll take the bullet. But see, you really don't know until that rubber hits the road. Because survival kicks in. And in that time... We will know whether your love is real for your wife or if it's just memories. Amen. See, no one knows what they'll do until they are in that position. Women, I know you've had girlfriends that you'd be like, you know, I love him. You need to leave him. He keeps slapping on you and talking to you crazy. You need to leave that man. If it was me, I'd never, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, but two years later, you know, here she is with a man doing the same thing to her. And here she is saying the same thing that you said. But I love him. But but a year or two before, she was saying what she would have done. But see, she wasn't in that position. You see, so we don't know what we will do until we're put in a particular position. Amen? And it's in that time where we must Look to the hills 
to where it cometh our help so we can make the right decision, the right choice. Because many of us just make decisions based upon how we feel. We, we, we like Eve. You know, she looked at the, she looked at the, the fruit and it looked good. She's seen that it might be able to do something for her. So that's how we make our decisions today. What's it going to do for me? What is it going to do for me? What is it going to do for me? That's, that's how we make our decisions. But that's not the way God intended for us to make our decisions. He, 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 he expects us to seek first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. Amen. That's what he expects of us. The lessons that we can learn from Peter is this. Peter not only denied knowing the Lord, but Peter was denying his inheritance. Who he was. See, there's a great pain and guilt that comes when we deny the power of the Holy Spirit that is within us. When we deny that power, that is in us. There's a great pain and guilt that comes over us. Do you understand how much power is in you? Christ said, what I have done, you will do even greater. I, I laid the foundation, but what you're going to do is going to be so much greater than anything that I've ever done. That's the power that is in us. He told us this. So if you are in Christ and Christ is in you, you have power. Why are you denying it? Don't deny the power that is in you. Now, if you're just hanging out around the power, that's a whole different story. But if that power is in you or you are in that power. Now, what am I talking about power? I'm glad you asked. That you are in Christ and Christ is in you. Don't deny him. <laughs> See, our inheritance is that we are a prophetic generation that's our inheritance because of what christ did upon the cross and ascending into heaven and god releasing his spirit in us we are now we are a prophetic generation we are sons and daughters of the king and we've been given a prophetic ear and prophetic eyes to hear and to see supernaturally. This is what prophetic means. We have ears and eyes to see in a realm that others can't. See, when the spirit of God is in you and you are in him, you is Shabbat. Listen, when you go back to Genesis and Eve ate of the fruit and gave it to Adam, and Adam ate of the fruit. Now, you see, when Eve, nothing happened when Eve ate of the fruit, but when the man ate of the fruit, what happened? 
their eyes open naturally, but their spiritual eyes closed. Amen. But see, when you come back into the things of God and Christ comes in you and you are in him, guess what? Your spiritual eyes and ears open back up. So now you can hear God. You can see in the spirit realm. You can hear hallelujah. God leads you and direct you in the way in which you shall go. Amen. And he will give you prophetic words to speak hallelujah to his sons and daughters. Amen. And to the region that you may be in. But it cannot happen if your eyes are closed and your ears are closed. People of God, we got to stop hanging around the power and allow the power in. Yes. And allow the power in. Amen. Second Timothy chapter one and verse seven says this. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of sound mind. Now, if we look at all three of these, Peter was fearful. He was fearful that they were going to kill him if he said that I was a Galilean. Yes, I was hanging around Jesus. He was scared. Jonah was scared. Cain showed up in anger. Elisha was scared when he got the message from Jezebel that she was going to do what he did to her prophets to him within a day. Fear. Fear is one of the things that the enemy uses to paralyze us, yes. to paralyze us from moving into the things in which God has for us. There's so many people, God, there's so many people that should be writing a book. There's so many people that should be owning their own business. There's so many people that got inventions on their mind that God is just waiting for them to take a step, but they're fearful, yes. paralyzed. Living in poverty when God has blessings upon blessings. All he wants you to do is take a step of faith out of that fear. Amen. Let's take a look at overcoming rejection and fear. Overcoming rejection and fear. Everyone experiences a level of fear and rejection at some extent in your life. Most of us have experienced rejection. Most of us have experienced fear in our lives. Amen? See, rejection is usually the initial step. The initial step. If you guys have not read, I, go get my book called uh, Uprooting the Spirit of Rejection. Many of us have dealt with rejection from such a young age, we don't even see it as rejection. We don't even realize that a lot of the behaviors that we have is based upon the rejection that we dealt with as we were being brought up. Amen? Hallelujah. See, there is always a maturing process in prophetic ministry. There's always a maturing process when it comes to the prophetic ministry. Growing in the prophetic is a process in which we will make mistakes. So don't tell a person because they uh, pro uh, uh, prophesied a word over your life that, oh, you're off. You ain't no 
a prophet. Well, maybe they're not a prophet, but they are a prophetic vessel. Why? Because their eyes and their ears are open and they can receive from God a word. Amen. And sometimes hmm, go, go get yourself some darts and a dartboard to see if you hit the bullseye the first time that you throw a dart. The 10th time that you throw a dart, the 20th time that you throw a dart, it's going to take you some time and practice to be able to hit that bullseye. So what makes you think that an individual that is just moving into their prophetic gift is going to be accurate? Growing in the prophetic is a process in which we will make mistakes. Amen. See, the growth of our character is just as important than growth in our prophetic gift. Uh-oh. Yeah, I said that. We are so focused upon the gift that we aren't even thinking about our maturity in our character. Amen? You see... You take an individual that is mature, and see, your, see your character is, is your maturity. You see, this is the problem with a lot of the churches today. We have a lot of leaders that are immature. So when certain things go on in the church, they don't know how to maturely handle it. So now we deal with what is called church hurt. You see, in the 40s and 50s, there wasn't no such thing as no church hurt. Why? Because the men of God that were leading these churches were more mature. But now we have unmature leaders. Mm. Mm. My God. The prophetic words we speak may not be heard or understood by some and even be rejected. Why? Because of the character. Sometimes you could give an accurate word because your but your character is so far to the left that people don't even want to receive it because of your character. But when you are a mature vessel of God and you're sharing a prophetic word of God, they will receive it. Why? Because they respect you. If you don't have a maturity in Christ, where is your respect? How can you how can you demand someone to respect you when your character We all are or have been wounded wounded soldiers amen I think one of the problems that we have today is many of us have not taken the time to heal. So we're walking around wounded and wounding others. What's that saying, hurt people hurt people? So why don't we take some time to heal ourselves so we don't have to hurt someone else because we're being, because we're hurt. Amen. See, when you get wounded, best thing to do is to deal with your wound quickly and completely quickly and completely we may deal with it quickly but not completely 
to where there's still some stuff spewing out of the wound that is hurting other people around us. Contend for healing in the presence of God, not in the presence of man, not over the phone, amen, but God. Go before God, lay before God, take it to God, and allow the Spirit of God to go in and do spiritual surgery to bring healing yeah. to that wound. Amen. We are all like Jacob walking with a limp. We are all like him. Yeah. We all have been injured. Amen. Yeah. But when we let that limp become a compassion for others, our limp will become powerful. What do I mean? You know, I used to be a, 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 a drug addict. I, I was hooked on phonics for many years, seen many things, done many things. And that was my limp. And, and, and today, I have such a compassion for individuals that are in that place, that, that are in that place. See, you have those that come out of that place and they turn their nose up to individuals that are in a place that God brought them out of. And I believe that yeah. God brings us out so we can go back and help others to come out. You yeah. see, you see, the thing about a person that is in something is they can tell when you are for real. Because your compassion, they feel it. It's an aura, you see, or if you're just doing it. To say, well, I go to church and I go out and serve the homeless and, you know, I go and, do, you know, compared to an individual that has been there and just maybe driving down the street and see somebody that reminds him or her of them and pull over and try to help or do something, say a kind word, give a few dollars for some food, something to show that you care. Sometimes that just makes an individual state to where they may think, you know, hey, I, I don't want to live like this. I want to live like him. He's been in this position and look at him now. If he could do it, maybe I can do it. You see, see when that compassion that you have for another is able to ooze out to an individual in that position, in that place, you don't know what that can do for that individual and their life. But when you turn your nose up at them, what that does is it pushes them deeper because it makes them feel like I'm nobody. Right. Never forget where you come from because you never know God might take you right back right there. Back. Amen. Yeah. Amen. See, as we seek the Lord, he will send healing <laughs> for our lives, wounds. He'll send healing. Let's take a look at David. David and Saul. The story of David and Saul is a great example. Both had the opportunity to be great leaders. Both of them. The people wanted a king. So Samuel found Saul. 
or God led Samuel to Saul. And Saul said, here's your king. God led Samuel to David and said he will be king. They both had the opportunity to be great kings. Amen. Both experienced rejection. How many of you have experienced rejection? Maybe um, maybe you're in a church and, and, and the people in the church reject you. God's called you uh, into an office and the people in the church don't want to respect that position that God has given you. Or, you know, you, you're rejected by your family. You know, you're, you, you're what they call the uh, black sheep. You know, nobody, <clears throat> nobody uh, uh, respects you, you know, or anything of this nature. Rejection. Amen. They both are rejected. Now, here's the difference. David overcame rejection by pouring his heart out to God. If you read the book of Psalms, that's, that's, that's David pouring his heart out to God. His enemies coming this way and that way. And, but God, you stand. God, I trust in you. I believe in you. See, he poured his heart out to God. Amen. But Saul allowed rejection to turn to fear and bitterness. Remember, we were just talking about fear and bitterness, right? Okay. See, this even drove Saul to seek a medium, a witch. And eventually, he was rejected by God as king. He was rejected by God as king. Now, David poured his heart out to God. And even with his many failures, became a great king. What am I saying? Because of your flaws. Mm -hmm. Will not prevent you from being great. It's how you deal with your flaws. See, David had flaws, but he went to God. Yeah. Saul had flaws, and he seeked the world. He seeked man. He did not go to his creator that had the ability of saving him, had the ability of changing him, had the ability of putting him back on the wheel. Amen? And to remold him into the man that he had called him to be, which was king, and he became a great king. Amen. We all know the story about David. We know he he killed a he killed a, a husband for the wife, slept with the wife, and had a kid. We know what he's done, but he's still considered a great man of God, beside of his flaw. What am I saying? I'm saying because you have a flaw does not mean that you cannot be great in the kingdom of God. That's the lie from the pit of hell that he puts into your mind. We must seek God. 
a lot of what we are dealing with and going through in life is to mature us, prepare us for the purpose that he placed in us before we were even put into our mother's womb. But the world has us programmed to believe that it's not that, that everything is supposed to be peaches and cream. If you go through the Bible, you will see everything was not peaches and cream, that individuals had wilderness experiences. There are seasons that we must go through. It's not always about a harvest. We got to go through a tilling season where God has to turn some things over in us, expose some dirt in us. Amen. We got to go through some hurt. Amen. We got to do it in order to reach the place in which he has for us. Amen. Yes, amen. 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 What we got? What we got? All right. Okay. I'm going to fly through some of these guidelines of the prophetic. Okay. Uh, these guidelines are meant to help you. They're not to become a law. They're not a law. That's not what God says, but it's to help you as you elevate in the prophetic. Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm going to uh, go through these pretty quick. If you have any questions or any concern, please inbox me on Facebook. Inbox me or send me an email at mbkministries at gmail.com. I'll be glad to elaborate uh on any of this uh that we have gone over over the past eight weeks amen and for those that are just tuning in you can go to spotify and uh type in the search mbki ministries and you can uh look at the last seven weeks of this prophetic training amen we've been doing this for the past eight years and there's been some mighty mighty men of god and women of god that have grown abundantly um, um, I mean, abundantly. Some are traveling to other countries, ministering and, and moving in the things of God. And uh, I just thank God for seeing us as uh, vessels to be used to be able to be a blessing uh, uh, to them through him. Amen. Glory be to God. So here's some of the guidelines. We know in part and we prophesy in part. So you don't know everything. Don't try to elaborate on what God has given you to give to the individual. Give what God said, give, and let the rest go. Because believe me, if God wants him to know more, he'll find another vessel or call on you to give him more. Give what God gives. Give that part and leave the rest to God. Amen. Be comfortable knowing that the prophetic word you give may not make sense to you so just because it don't make sense to your peanut don't mean that it's not from god it's not supposed to make sense to you because it's not for you amen number three eagerly desire prophecy in the right way amen in the right way see we got all these individuals one want to prophesy and think that prophecy Prophecy is, if prophesying is cool and being a prophet is cool, being a prophet is hell. You go through hell. Amen. Yeah. You don't want to be like uh, Skeva getting, getting, you know, uh, Peter, I know, uh, 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 Jesus, I know, but who are you? I don't know you and get ate up. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. Number four, 
God speaks in many different ways and to people you may not expect. So <laughs> sometimes you can have somebody that you do not like speak a prophetic word to you, and you know it's a prophetic word. But because you don't like them, you won't receive it. The devil is alive. You better receive that word. God says, love all. Love your enemies. Amen. It's easy to love somebody that loves you. But can you love somebody that despises you? God will use them to speak a word into your life. Amen. See, we need to learn to recognize the voice of many waters. It's just not a still small voice. It's a voice of many waters. He speaks many different ways. Amen. Be secure enough in yourself knowing God made you in your unique way. You are a unique vessel. You're a peculiar person. You're different than everybody else on the planet. So stop trying to be like everybody else and be like you. Be the person God has created. Let me tell you something. See, when you deal with rejection, See, people want to be accepted that are rejected. So what they'll do, they'll do anything to fit in. They'll forget about who they are to be who people want them to be. Now, be that person people want you to be for 10, 15, 20 years. Guess what? You done lost who you are. Yeah. You don't even know yourself no more because you being everything everybody else wants you to be. The devil is a lie. You need to go isolate yourself, get before God, leave all these folks alone, and find yourself. Right. Amen? Yeah. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophets. The spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets. Yes. Okay? Not everybody, but the, the spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets. Amen? So. So stop trying to be a prophet because the spirit of the prophet is not with you or on you. Why? Because God has not called you as a prophet. You may be a prophetic vessel, but not a prophet. Amen. Hallelujah. Timing is essential when you give a prophetic word. Something should not be revealed, but prayed for. Amen. So sometimes God will give you something that is not for you to release, but for you to pray on. Amen. Hallelujah. Try not to prophesy head knowledge. It ain't about you. Stop trying to look like something. Mm -hmm. Amen. You know, you get people to say, oh, well, 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 apostle, uh, uh, did, did God, God give you a word for me? No. You see, you get individuals that try to come up with something. Oh, well, well wait a minute. Humming, 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 humming. I hear the spirit of the Lord say, no, you didn't hear the spirit of the Lord say nothing. Stop, stop lying upon the spirit. Amen. Prophecy from the motivation of God's love for the person. Prophesy from the motivation of God's love for the person. Amen. Do you know God may have you give a word to somebody that you don't like, but it's not about you liking them. It's about God's love for them. And if you are in God and God is in you, you yeah. need to let your flesh go, put your emotions aside, and yeah. go in love and release that word that God has given to you for that individual. Amen? Yeah. And guess what? That might just be the thing that brings the bridge that y'all can come back together and be brothers 
and sisters or sisters and, or, and brothers to one another once again. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Man, there's many of these. I ain't going to be able to make it through all these, but y'all get to understand. Listen, prophecy will never contradict the written word. I'm going to leave y'all with that one because, you know, most folks don't remember a lot of stuff, but you remember the last thing that a person says. So this is going to be the last thing that I'm going to say. Prophecy will never contradict the written word. So if you want to know if the prophetic word that was given to you is real, search the scriptures. Yeah. If it ain't there, it ain't real. Yeah. Amen. Now, I ain't seen in the scripture where the Lord say, you know, if you give me $50, I will give you a car. Because there's a lot of false prophets that got you in the $50 line and then you pay that $50 and then they yeah, say, yeah. I see the spirit of the Lord is saying that you're about to get an SUV. As a matter of fact, it's blue. I see a blue SUV coming your way. Matter of fact, he said by June. No, six months from now, you are going to get that SUV. Amen. And then he said this. If you give me $150, he'll upgrade that hallelujah, to a Lincoln Navigator. The devil is a lie. The devil is, I'm going to leave you with that. Listen, people of God, listen, there are pitfalls in the prophetic. We have character flaws. Y'all join me uh, in my measures of a man. Amen. It comes on every Sunday uh, on Rainier Avenue Radio at uh, 11. Is that 11 o'clock, man? 11? Sundays? 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock on Sundays. On Measures of a Man on Rainier Avenue Radio, I usually put it on in our groups, in our uh, MBKI ministry page, my page. Uh, it's building character, people. It's building character. This is one of the things that we in the church need today more than anything. You know, to be a mature Christian, you have to have a mature character. Amen. I'm asking this question. What is your reputation like today? See, that's the number one lesson in our measures of a man, reputation. You see, does your reputation exceed you? A person that does not know you, but hear, that hears about you in other cities or in other communities, what are they hearing? See, we all come into the things of God with jacked up reputations. Amen. But as the spirit of God is in us and we are in him, we should not be living the way that we lived when we were out in the world. We ought to be be transforming ourselves by the renewing of our mind. Amen. So if this be the case, you're maturing in the things of God. What is your reputation like? Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we give thanks, honor and praise to you for this message. Father, I pray, Lord God, that your people, Father God, would receive this word, that they won't just be hearers of this word, but doers. Understanding, Father God, that you are a builder, amen, and you are wanting to build them to fulfill the purposes that you have created them for. Hallelujah. I bind up every demonic principality yeah. and force that is coming against the minds of God's people. I break every chain, hallelujah, by the Holy Ghost fire of God. 
hallelujah, that has bound up God's people in fear and in anger and in rejection. Amen. In the name of Jesus, loose them now in the name of mighty Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In the name of Jesus, Father God, I pray that as this message goes forth in the days, weeks, months, and years, that you will stamp this message with your anointing, that those that may hear it, Father God, that they may receive hallelujah, and move, Father God, in character building. In the mighty name of your son, Jesus Christ's name, we pray, amen. I just want to again thank each and every person that has come on to join us. Uh, I think Friday, 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 we're going to be having a New Year's Eve uh, celebration online on Facebook. No, excuse me, on Zoom. It's going to be on Zoom, amen. It's supposed to be snowing again here in Washington State, so we are not going to be in church, so we're going to do a live, amen. Our sister church in Kenya is going to be joining us, amen, and so we would like to invite you to come and just celebrate, hallelujah, the year that the Lord has got us through. This has been a rough year, people, with all this mm -hmm. corona and all this other crap going on, but he has seen us through. Amen. And so he deserves to be worshiped and praised. We're not going to be doing a lot of message because it's not about me. Amen. It's all about him. So we just want to give praise and, and honor to him. Amen. For what he has done for us. Amen. And what he will continue to do for us in the year 2022. There may be some prophetic words that God may give to those prophetic vessels for the things that may be coming up. Uh, for the regions or for particular individuals that are on the line uh, for 2022. So come join us. Amen. It'll be 1030 uh, Pacific Standard Time. We will be releasing uh, the link to the Zoom call or to the Zoom uh, stream uh, here on uh, Friday morning. Um, um, if you have any questions um, or you want the link to share with others, inbox me. And I will get it to you and you can put it on your page or your group or whatever the case may be. All right. But until then, y'all, until we meet again, y'all walk by faith, not by sight. We thank you for joining us tonight and we'll see you real soon. God bless.